You are listening to episode 24 of the Happy Outdoor Families podcast. Today's episode is all about behavioral schemas in play. We are going to talk about what a schema is and how these patterns of behavior are evidence in real time of the ways that unstructured play are benefiting our kids' brains and helping them to grow and develop. I'm so glad that you are here today listening in and I can't wait for you to hear this fascinating information. So let's get started. Welcome to Happy Outdoor Families, the podcast that encourages and equips families to spend more time exploring and playing together outside. I'm your host, Emily Eisenbarger, and I hope that as you listen in each week, you will feel inspired and excited about reconnecting your kids and yourselves with the outdoors. Each Monday, I will be bringing you a grown-up episode featuring conversations about all things outdoor play and adventure related. Every Wednesday, make sure you tune in for an episode just for the kids to listen to with their grown-ups, where I will bring you a simple play invitation to get you started with some fun, open-ended outdoor play. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back, everybody. I have been talking this month about how play benefits our children and us in so many ways. One of the ways is in helping to develop growing brains and preparing children for further learning as they grow older. But how do we actually see those things happening? How do we know? What is the evidence that playing is actually doing anything of note inside our child's brains? Well, one of the ways that we can see this evidence in young children is through patterns of behavior that are often referred to as behavioral schema. I want to talk through this today because I think it is so fascinating And I think that it is really interesting to take note of what these patterns of behavior then grow into as our children get older. Behavioral schema are something that we bring up in Tinker Garden classes to point out to parents the ways that their children are engaging their brains during play. There have been many times that I have talked about these concepts with fellow parents and seen that light bulb come on in their minds as they watch what their child is doing as they play and explore with loose parts outside and they realize the learning that is going on. So in that context, I can really only give the elevator pitch version of what behavioral schema means. So I'm glad to be able to dive in a little deeper in this format. So to begin, let's talk about what a schema is. In social science, a schema is a mental structure that an individual uses to organize knowledge and guide cognitive processes and behavior. So people use schemas to categorize information that they take in based on common features. And then new information is processed in the brain according to how it fits into these sets of rules that we've created in our brains. And the more information we take in, the more detailed and elaborate these schemas become. So when a person is drawing conclusions about new information, for example, during the decision-making process, they retrieve knowledge from various areas of the brain and schemas represent the way in which that information is stored and the way that we can recall it. 
So let's take a simple classic example of how schema develop in the brain. Imagine you have a child who is familiar with a handful of animals. They have come into contact with dogs, cats, horses, pigs, and they have created schemas in their brain for what these animals are. So then one day, they see a raccoon. And this is the first time they've ever seen a raccoon. And they say, cat, because that fits into their schema for a cat. It's about the size of a cat. It's furry. It has pointy ears. It has a tail. Then they learn from you that actually that is called a raccoon. And now their brain modifies its understanding of what cat is and what this new raccoon creature is. So I have one other funny example to illustrate this from my children. One of my girls, when she was about one and a half or two years old, we grew some zinnias together. So we had been calling these plants zinnias the entire time from when they were seeds up until they were blooming. And we had these pretty flowers now. We cut some of them and brought them in and put them on the table. And then my husband comes home and we're eating dinner and he comments about the pretty flowers on the table. And my toddler says, those are not flowers, those are zinnias. And so we try to explain, well, zinnias are a type of flower. And she was very insistent, no, these are zinnias. These are not flowers. And so I don't know exactly what was going on in her brain, exactly what schemas she had created for zinnias versus flowers and how she was differentiating. But it took her a while. She was convinced that we were wrong. <laughs> and these were not flowers. They were zinnias. And eventually she gave in and she modified those schemas in her brain. So then zinnias fit into her flower schema, but it took her a little bit. So our kids are constantly taking in information, especially babies, toddlers, young children, everything is so new to them. They're taking in all this information from their surroundings and they are creating a picture of the world. They're creating an understanding of the world and of their environment. It's easy to kind of see this in categorizing objects, but you can also think about this in terms of learned behaviors. You learn what happens if you touch a hot stove and that information guides your behavior the next time. And maybe that understanding becomes more elaborate and expands as you learn when a stove is hot and when it isn't. We have schemas related to the people in our lives, to social situations and appropriate behaviors. And we are constantly making decisions and judgments and that is all based on these schemas. And we never really even think about that. That's just how our brain works. So what does this have to do with play? If you have any background in psychology, you probably recognize the name Jean Piaget. So Piaget's theory of cognitive development is very well known and widely taught. And he was the person who really popularized the term schema. And he had this idea of there being categories of knowledge and this process of obtaining and modifying our knowledge. One of the things that he noticed is that children of similar ages all over the world tend to engage in the same types of play behaviors and also make the same mistakes and make the same experiments. And he theorized that these different behaviors were how children were learning and creating schemas in their brain in order to understand and interact with the world around them. He proposes different stages of learning and development of which this is a part. So I'm going to go through some of the most common schemas that we see in young children's behavior. And I want you to think about whether you have noticed these behaviors with your own kids 
and start to look for them when your kids are engaging in unstructured play. Now, I will make a note here that as I am describing these schemas and I'm describing some of the types of play, this is not an episode to suggest that you need to go out and make your kids play in any certain way. Um, Like I said, these are behaviors that occur naturally. Our kids are genius learners and players, and these are things that will happen for them because they know what they need. Their brains are developing. Their brains are creating a map and an understanding of the world through play. And so when you notice that maybe your child is particularly interested in a certain type of schema, then maybe it's a great idea to provide them with tools and scenarios where they can practice that. But don't feel like you need to encourage one thing over another. When we're just providing our kids with unstructured time and loose parts, they are going to play in so many amazing ways. So my main purpose here is just to point those ways out because I think it's really cool when I can watch how my kids are playing and start to recognize those behavioral schema. Like, wow, it's not just my kid that does this. This is kids all over the world and this is how they're learning. This is how they're building a foundation for so much learning that's gonna go on as they get older. And we'll touch on that a little bit too. Now, there are endless numbers of schemas and this is not an exhaustive list. That There are behaviors that kids engage in that I am not going to mention, but these are some of the most common. These are most of the ones that we mention in our Tinker Garden classes to families, as these are the types of behavioral schemas that we really notice a lot in outdoor play. So first up is a schema called transporting. This is a wildly popular play behavior at my house, and it involves moving things from one place to another. Maybe your child has a shopping cart or a stroller that they like to fill up and push around the house. We have a lot of buckets and baskets outside and they are constantly in use for a variety of reasons, really, but definitely for transporting. There is something so satisfying about this act. Transporting can be a really satisfying type of play for young children because they gain a lot of pleasure from completing a task and seeing the results of their labor. So they were able to collect all of these toys from this side of the room and carry them all the way over here. They're solving problems. They're learning about spatial reasoning and forces and strength. There's a lot going on in their brains as they are doing this transporting. And to support this schema, you can try just having lots of tools around that can be used for transporting, like the ones mentioned, buckets, baskets, um, wagons, strollers. There was one of our Playtime episodes recently, Penguin Play, where the kids were asked to come up with ways to move water from one place to another. That's certainly another great one for summer. You could do this with ice cubes for extra cool play or really any type of material. Many kids will get a lot of satisfaction over the task of just figuring out how to move things. The next schema that I will mention is called enveloping. A child who loves to explore the enveloping schema is one who maybe likes to wrap their stuffed animals up in blankets or to curl up completely hidden away in a fort. Kids are exploring with enveloping when they crawl into tunnels or boxes. When they're making art, they might like to cover the entire page in color. Even if they've already drawn something on it, they cover it up. Through enveloping, children are working out what happens if they wrap or hide an object. 
They might really enjoy nesting toys, baby dolls with blankets. They might enjoy playing peekaboo and hide and seek. Outside, your child might enjoy covering up toys with sand or grass, building stick forts and hiding themselves or their toys inside. Anything where they are you know, fully covering something. When you think about the youngest with babies, they're actually really experimenting with what happens if I cover this up? Is it still there when I pull that blanket off again? So they're really learning from the very beginning about their world and building on that. The next schema may sound similar, but it's actually quite different. So this is called enclosing. And I have at least one child who really loves this one. And closing is all about creating spaces and creating boundaries around things. So rather than fully covering things or enveloping them, it's, it's more um, like creating fences. Maybe you have a child like mine who loves to build a fence and then fill it with all of their animal toys. Or they make a home for themselves with defined boundaries. When they are making pictures as opposed to covering up the entire page, maybe they draw a house and put things inside. So while you can see some similarity, the children are putting something inside of another thing. One is very closed and covered while the other is open. Again, to support the schema, if you know that it's something that your child likes, it's really all about just having loose parts that your children could use with literally any of these schemas that we're talking about today. Another schema that I actually think in my own experience kind of goes well with enclosing is positioning. So this would be a child that likes to take every single toy car in the house and line them all up. Or maybe they like to create patterns or they like to set everything up in a very particular order. And that's where I think they kind of are connected because I definitely see that with when my children are setting up like a farm, like I was talking about the fences. They might like to sort everything, put all the horses here, put all of the dogs here, etc. So these things can definitely overlap and kind of go together. But when children are playing in this way, when they're exploring with lining things up, making patterns, setting things up exactly how they want them to be, they're laying the foundation for lots of key skills later on. You think about spatial awareness, patterns in mathematics, organizational skills. Again, it's really all about just having the loose parts around and letting the child do their thing. And now we can kind of sit back and recognize it and say, wow, look at all of the amazing ways that they are learning when they have this space and time. I know I'm going through these fairly quickly, but I do have eight that I want to talk about. So I want to make sure I don't spend a ton of time on each one. In the show description, I am going to make a list of all of these schema with a quick little description for your reference. And I'm also going to link to an article that I found really helpful in just giving really clear explanations and also ideas for toys and types of play that relate to each of these schemas. So don't worry if it kind of feels like a blur right now, but let's move on to the next schema that I want to mention, which is trajectory. This looks like the type of play where your child is really interested in how things are moving, either themselves or other objects. Your child might like to walk along balance beams and logs, zoom cars across the floor, slide or swing or play catch. It's often where they are looking at how something moves in a line, um, either just in one direction or back and forth. 
This could also look like a toddler dropping their food on the floor over and over again and seeing what happens or throwing things just to watch how they move and how they fly. If your child loves movement like this, try offering a ramp and experiment with how different things roll down it. Bring some vehicles outside with you and try them on different terrain, or you could try making obstacle courses together. There are plenty of ways to move, and this is a really good one, I think, for outside because you tend to have more space and more room to experiment with a movement. Another one that is really, really great outside is rotation. Again, this could look like a child rotating themselves, or it could look like rotating other objects or just watching things rotate. Like if you have a child who is fascinated by just sitting and watching the dryer tumble over and over again. I definitely have more than one of those. This could be rolling balls, mixing potions and watching them churn and spin. Anything with wheels. This is also when your child spins in circles, rolls down a hill, or watches a spinning toy go around and around until it falls. They are exploring and beginning to understand rotation and the nature of circles, which actually is really important in laying the foundation for some pretty high-level concepts in math and science and also their own physical literacy. They're learning about the position of their bodies when they are spinning in circles, rolling down a hill, when they're twisting up a swing and letting it spin and around and around. This play is supported by just having wheeled objects, having balls, and services that are good for spinning and rolling and just the space and permission to do these things. I have a couple more for you. So the next one is connecting. And as the label implies, connecting is all about joining things together. Train tracks, Legos, taping paper together, weaving things. This also includes deconstruction. So knocking down the tower that they built cutting or ripping up paper or leaves or flowers. And through both building and destroying, children are learning so much about the physical world, about different forces and different materials, about their own strength, and they're building their dexterity. They get to use their imaginations and creativity as they decide what they're going to build and how they're going to build it. They're solving problems And I think this one is probably one of the easiest to kind of see where it goes from here. If you have a Lego lover in your house, you know that that is not just a toddler behavior, that that's going to continue down the road for years and years and even into adulthood. When your kids have those early experiences where they get to experiment with building and destroying, they carry that with them and they continue to create and experiment and problem solve throughout their entire lives. I'm going to mention one more. And this is a really fun one. It is transforming. Your kid might love this schema if they are potion makers or they love to dress up. Or maybe they're a kid who likes to help you bake in the kitchen and mix all the ingredients together or make mud pies outside. This might also be your child who wants to mash all of the Play-Doh colors together into one big yucky blob. (laughs) They want to explore how things can be changed from one state to another, and maybe sometimes back again. But again, they're laying that foundation of learning that will help them to be able to see outside the box and apply concepts in a variety of ways. 
a lot of the examples I give of kind of where the foundation of this learning is going are more concrete and physical examples, because I think that that's the easiest to see. Young children mostly deal in concrete thinking and in the physical world, right? They don't have a very good understanding of more abstract concepts. However, the cool thing is that these behavioral schema are actually creating a foundation so that they can then understand more abstract ideas later. They might be thinking now about how they can create patterns with physical objects and that line of thinking and that development in their brain is going to help them later on to be able to think about how they can create patterns in coding on a software program. They might be thinking now about how they can transport physical objects from one place to another and how they can move things in a line. Later on, they might be able to more easily understand how things can be transported through the postal system or even virtually how their phone call can reach from their house all the way to grandma's house or their email or FaceTime call, right? There are countless examples of what these behaviors are setting up for our kids. And I would challenge you to kind of think about it. Think about all of these different schemas that we've been talking about and how they might apply to you today. So you were once a child and I guarantee that you engaged in some of these behaviors, if not all of them. I'm sure actually that we've all engaged in all of them in one way or another and they built your brain. And how do you still apply those concepts today? We take it for granted, but of course it is essential in many ways for us to understand the way that things can be transformed, the way that things can connect and disconnect, the nature of materials that we handle and come into contact with in our lives. I mean, it's, it's just endless, right? So think about how that applies to you and how you still engage in some of these schemas and learn from them. And just know that it's even more essential for your children to be able to engage in these schemas and learn from them. And again, it's not something that you have to deliberately create for them. They are amazing at creating these scenarios and this type of behavior for themselves. Children have been doing it for thousands and thousands of years and they will continue to do it. The only thing we have to do as adults is just let it happen. Allow them the time, allow them the space and the freedom to be able to play to be able to spin in circles and roll down a hill and get messy when they're mixing things together, allow them to experiment with loose parts, with rocks and sticks, and to just have fun while they're doing it. For me, knowing about these concepts is so freeing because it gives me encouragement and just permission as a parent to set my kids free because I know that they are learning and benefiting far more, most likely, than they would learn and benefit from anything that I could set up for them, anything that I could buy for them or give them the instructions to do. They're just better. Our kids are so creative and they are such natural and enthusiastic learners and we just have to give them the space. I've said it a hundred times, and I'll say it again, 
unstructured play is so amazing for our kids. And just knowing about behavioral schemas, I think is just another way that we can celebrate that and see that and record that evidence of the benefits to our children. So I hope that this episode was interesting and insightful for you to listen to. Again, I will link that really helpful article and just give you a quick bullet point description of these schemas in the show notes. So in case this is all just gone in one ear and out the other, but I challenge you this week as your kids are playing to see if you can spot any of these typical patterns of behavior in your own kids. I'm sure that you can probably think of at least one right now that you know your kid enjoys doing. And just remember when you see it to give yourself a high five because your child is developing their brain and their understanding of the world. All right, my friends, have a great week. I hope that you enjoy some fun time outside this week and that you also have time to relax and stay cool if it's as hot where you are as it is where I am. As always, if you want to connect with me, I love to hear from you and talk to you over on Instagram. You can find me at Happy Outdoor Families. I will be back on Wednesday with another play invitation for all of you that do have young kids at home. And I can guarantee that if you participate in that playtime invitation, you will see your child engaging one or more behavioral schemas in their play. All right. I can't wait to be back with you again. And thank you for being here and for listening and for being committed to getting your family outside and getting your kids playing outside. Have a great week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.